Welcome to The Good Night Show. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Good Night Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep. Hello and welcome back to The Good Night Show. When we talk about success, we often talk about what to do or how to do it, but we never really talk about when. However, exciting new research conducted by our next guest, Dr. Michael Bruce, proves that there is in fact a right time to do just about everything based on our biology and hormones. Dr. Bruce, a clinical psychologist who specializes in sleep disorders and evolved the traditional research behind chronotypes to reflect modern day human behavior is a hoot. Danielle and I first met Dr. Bruce back in 2016 in LA and were blown away with how much energy and how much knowledge he has on sleep. That's why he is known as the sleep doctor. In today's episode, Dr. Bruce unpacks chronotypes and explains how once you know what chronotype you are, you can learn how to be the most productive and make the most out of your entire day. All by knowing the best time to do everything. And we mean everything from drinking coffee to sleeping, working, exercising, and even having sex. So listen up. We can't wait to share this episode with you. Michael, welcome to the Good Night Show. So happy to have you on here. It's been such a long time since uh, we've connected. And the first question I'd love to know is how did you sleep last night? So thank you for having me back. Number one, I'm delighted to be here. You know, I love, love, love my friends down under and always happy to be hanging out with you. We've had some fun time together as well. Um, So how did I sleep last night? Truth of the matter is I didn't sleep so well last Ah. night. So two weeks ago, I had to have a tooth extracted and I had dental surgery. And last night was the very last night that I was taking an antibiotic called Augmentin, which is very, it upsets your stomach, right? And so last night was the final night that I had to take it. And so, and I've I've slept like crap while I've been on it. Um, And I just, I had to do it because, you know, I have an open sore type of thing. So I had Mm. had no choice there. So I'm, I'm really hopeful (laughs) that tonight tonight is the night. (laughs) Tonight's going to be the night. You know, because I could I could use a good night. I mean, the sleep doctor is feeling a little sleep deprived. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm glad that you were honest. When you don't sleep Boy. well, what happens? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, for me in particular, or for lots of different people, there's a whole host of different things that can happen when you're um, sleep deprived. So number one, there's a physicality to it, right? So there's a physical nature to what happens to you when you don't sleep well. So sleep deprivation. So when we talk about what is sleep deprivation, it's actually individual. So it's different for different types of people. So as an example, I go to bed at midnight, I wake up at 613 every single morning. I don't know why it's 613. It's, it's always, it's very, very strange. Okay. I can appreciate how weird that part is, but at the end of the day, I sleep for six hours and 15 minutes. My wife goes to bed at around 11 and she Mm -hmm. wakes up at around seven. Right. And so she sleeps eight hours. If she slept my time, she would be sleep deprived. If I sleep my time, I'm fine. Right. And so it's the point I'm making here is it's individual right right. now. A lot of people are going to be like, hold on a second. The sleep doctor just said he only sleeps six hours and 15 minutes. Let's, let's double tap on that yeah. one for a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let, let's do that. Okay. So, so let me tell you how that happened. 
So I am all about keeping consistency in my sleep schedule. And so um, I wrote a book called The Power of When. And yes, in that, perfect. I started talking about these things called chronotypes. And I, that, that, uh, that book was four and a half years ago. And when I was writing that book, I decided that I was gonna, I was gonna follow my own advice and I was going to go to bed and wake up based on my chronotype, because that's really the best thing to do is be in sync with your body. Now, for folks who don't know what a chronotype is, um, you, you do know, but you just haven't heard the word, the term before. If you've ever been called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. Okay. And so, but getting back to the story. So I'm a, I'm a night owl chronotype. I call that a wolf. We'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. But so I go to bed at midnight very, very consistently because that's what my chronotype, this is genetic by the way, tells me to do. Now, originally I was waking up at around 7.30, mm. okay? But here's what happened. After about three months, I, without an alarm clock, waking up at 7.15. Three months later, waking up at seven o'clock. What was happening was my sleep was consolidating because of the consistency of my bedtime and wake up time. Yeah. So this, is a, this was a monster hack for me because all of a sudden, I didn't need seven and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. I only needed six hours of sleep. Which is like, great. Like, what would you do if somebody magically gave you 90 more minutes in the day? There's a whole host of things that you could do at that time, <laughs> right? And so that's what was kind of fascinating to me was kind of once I layered into that sort of swim lane, if you will, of sleep, it worked out perfectly for me. And, and I'm a high performance sleep coach. If people don't know, I I'm, I'm a sleep doctor and I take care of sleep problems, but now I really focus in on performance and sleep and sort of how does that whole thing work? And so one of the key, key concepts that we always look at in all of my patients and, and my concierge work is what's your chronotype yeah. and can we get you sleeping in that chronotype? Once we do that, a whole host of things get a lot easier. And for people listening, so this is the whole topic of what we want to cover off because, <laughs> you know, this the book, The Power of When, um, is a great book to read. I, I have read it. Thank I'm you. a dolphin. Um, and, you know, I think that if you are struggling with sleep, listen to what um, Dr. Bruce has to say because so much can change in your life if you can get this piece right. Um, yeah. There's a quiz in the book that you can take. I think you can take it online as well. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, you go to chronoquiz.com. We can put it in the show notes. If you put want. it in the show notes. And so if you're curious about what type you are, then that is the first place to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you, you mentioned a couple of things. Let me, let me break it down for people so that they kind of know. So chronotype is your genetically predetermined sleep schedule, right? And so believe it or not, I could look at your genetic material. So if you sent me your 23andMe or your ancestry.com data, believe it or not, in a very particular place called the PER3 gene, there's what's called a SNP or a single nucleotide polymorphism. So what happens is, is that the, the ATP got flip-flopped by mistake, an error occurred in your genome. It makes you want to go to bed later or it makes you want to go to bed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how that part works, right? And so, and so this is, isn't something that we choose. It's something that sort of happens to us. Now, to be clear, we actually go through all of the different chronotypes throughout our lifetime, but I'll, I'll get to that part in, in just a moment. So when we think about chronotypes, it used to be early birds, night owls, and that was kind of it, right? Yeah. And so back in the 70s, a, a group of uh, scientists came up with a questionnaire called the morningness, eveningness questionnaire. And I thought, made a lot of sense. We were able to divvy people up, start to learn more about them, kind of interesting work, right? Um, and then I came later on, I started to say to myself, you know, 
there's got to be more to that than this, right? And then there, there was a, what we called a hummingbird. So we had early bird, we had night owl, and we had hummingbird, which were kind of people in the middle. But I, I ended up having a patient uh, about 10 years ago, well, maybe seven years ago now, um, who, uh, it was very interesting. I failed completely with her. <laughs> so she was an insomnia patient and I could not get her to sleep. It just couldn't figure it out. We tried drugs, we tried everything, just not cognitive behavioral therapy, like everything, nothing worked. And so I brought her back in. And when you, when you have a, a real patient failure, failure like that, the goal is to kind of keep going. Like you must, I must've missed a detail or could have run a different test or something. I'm like a dog with a bone when it comes to these <laughs> patients. I don't know why I'm like that, but I just am. I bring her back in, we start talking and we come to this conclusion. She's like, you know, Dr. Bruce, I gotta tell you something. If I could just go to bed at 2 a.m. and wake up at like nine and be at work at like 1030 and work until seven, she's like, my life would be great. She was like, I just think, I don't think I have a sleep problem. She said, I think I sleep at the wrong times. Mm. And I said, I said, well, why don't you, why don't you change it? And she's like, well, my husband would never, <laughs> never agree to that. She said, and then my boss wouldn't either. And I said, well, what if I called your boss up and, and got him to agree to it? Right. And she was like, good luck. She was like, I'm getting fired at the end of the week. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah, I've like, I've gotten written up. I fall asleep at meetings. Like I'm doomed there. So I was like, great. What do we have to lose? So I called up her boss. Sure enough, she was going to get fired at the end of the week. No, no BS. She was getting fired. And so I said, look, can you do, let's run the experiment. Let me let her, let her come in late. She'll stay late. It's a week. Who cares? Right. Yeah. He was like, fine, no problem. So I called him on Friday. He was like, I've got three more people I want you to see. Wow. That was the first thing he said to me, right? He was like, she's alert. She's participatory. Her work product improved a hundred percent. He was yeah. like, I don't know what you did. And so I was like, oh, she must be an extreme, extreme night owl, almost to the point of an insomniac, right? And so I was like, wow, I, I hadn't really come across that kind of thing. And so I started really digging through the medical literature. And sure enough, there was a genetic form of insomnia um, that, that has this very erratic sleep pattern to it. And so yeah. that was my contribution to the literature was recognizing that, bringing it into the fold, right? And so now this is the fourth chronotype, which I call a dolphin, which is you, yeah. right? And so I renamed all of the chronotypes because I'm a mammal, not a bird. Um, and I wanted to have something that was kind of fun and, and cool for people to think through, right? So you could, you'll appreciate this. You know, when we were in the marketing meeting, um, well, you know, cause you got to figure out how to market the book and things yeah. like that. I was deciding, you know, I, I wanted to figure out what the avatars were for the four different, you know, things. Cause it could have been fruit. It could have been colors. It could have been whatever. Right. And so I said, I wanted it to be animals. Well, we figured out very quickly. Nobody wants to be a porcupine. You know what no, I'm saying? Definitely not. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to be a platypus. Right. You know, it doesn't kind of go over well. So we had to choose animals and I was very insistent. I wanted animals that actually had the circadian rhythmicity that they represented. Oh, great. So early birds are lions. Now, if you know anything about lions, their first kill is before dawn, right? They're yeah. very early, early creatures, right? Yeah. And who doesn't want to be a lion, right? Yeah. That's a cool one to be, right? Yeah. In the middle uh, are what we used to call hummingbirds. We call them bears, right? Again, being a bear, not there. You know, you think of bears hibernating, you know, you kind of think bears sleepy, you know, kind of in the middle makes sense, right? Um, and then evening are wolves. That's what I am. I'm a wolf. Yeah. Um, everybody knows wolves are very nocturnal creatures. And then dolphins, which is what you represent. People are always like, why dolphins? So people don't know this, but dolphins sleep unihemispherically. 
So mm. half of their brain is asleep oh, while the yes. other half is awake and looking for predators. And I thought that was kind of a unique representation of people who are never quite asleep, you know, like they have good sleep, they have bad sleep, they have insomnia, you know, different sleep drive, things like that. Um, and so the, the four categories were kind of created um, based on this. And then we added, actually added personality characteristics to them because we did personality testing on all of them. And we learned even more about the types of people that they are. Um, and so that in and of itself was kind of a cool, fun experiment. Like, oh, okay, there are these four groups of people that kind of roam the earth. You know, <laughs> what can we do with this information? And so this is where it got quite fascinating is I said, well, if we know, if, if we know early birds wake up at, let's say, 5.30 in the morning, that means their melatonin shut off probably around 4.30, right? Yeah. If we know that night owls like me, we, I would never want to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, right? <laughs> I, I, ugh, right? I, at 7.30 in the morning is the, least, is the more, highest I want to wake up. Yeah. That's when my melatonin turns off. Huh. Now, once I wake up and once this person, the early bird wakes up, everything still happens at roughly the same you know, intervals, right? All of our hormones go up and go down, but it's that wake up time when everything clicks on and starts that's very, very different. Mm. So then it becomes predictable. Yeah. That's when it's interesting, right? And so there are certain hormones that you need for certain activities. And if you knew when those hormones were naturally high, you will do those activities better. <laughs> yeah. It's just about it's just about moving stuff around your schedule based on your naturally fluctuating hormones. And so it becomes very, very interesting. And so once we started lining up the research and we started looking for all the different things, I, we figured out the best time of day to have sex, eat a cheeseburger, ask your boss for a raise. It, it, honestly, it's unbelievable. There's, there's real data on all of these things because people have been doing circadian research literally all around the world. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. And, and for somebody who hasn't looked at a circadian rhythm diagram, yeah, I'd yeah. suggest going and having a look at it because it what, in line with what you're saying is, is that there are the release of certain hormones and certain patterns that are happening to our bodily functions yep. across this 24 hour period. So if you're in tune with what is going on, then it just helps your life so much more. Absolutely. It's, Tuning into you. And like you said, it's personalized. So work out what is good for you, which is different to your partner, your mother, your daughter, your ch whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and start working with it. Well, and it can be predictable. And what people don't understand is it's like the best secret weapon ever, right? Because yeah. here's the thing is like, for example, with your partner, it becomes a communication tool, Absolutely. Right? So like all of a sudden, like as an example, if you're an early bird and your partner's a night owl, do yourself a favor. Don't have an intimate discussion at eight o'clock in the morning, right? Because you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like big issues early in the morning for a wolf like me. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? I can't even think. Yeah. So like understanding where people's sweet spots are for different types of things can be incredibly fun, interesting, and make the relationship even better. And I'm not just talking about the relationship between, you know, partners, but your relationship with your children, your relationship with your boss. Like it's, yeah. it's actually kind of this key that opens up a whole host of different things when you start to be able to understand people's behaviors. Um, I, I'll give you an example. So my daughter is an incredible night owl. She's 17 yeah. years old. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Remind me to talk about how you yeah. move through each one of the chronotypes during your lifetime. Yeah. So so my daughter's 17 years old. So she is in the wolf phase, right? So if any of you guys remember when you were 17, what did you want to do, right? You want to stay up until two o'clock in the morning. You want to sleep until noon the next day, right? 
So that's where she's at. So if I walk into her bedroom at eight o'clock in the morning, the, the only words that I get out of her is coffee and toast. That's it. That's it. That's we'll all close she tells the door. Me. We'll close the door. <laughs> right? Because I got I help her get up for school, right? And, but, but if I walk into her room at seven o'clock in the evening and I say, hey, what's going on? I'm there for 90 minutes and I have a real relationship with my daughter. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And it's this understanding what is going on and it's not only going to help your relationships, but your work and, you know, so looking at, at how this can change. And I think that, you know, one of the things that, you know, you're obviously in the US, but one of the things that's happened with COVID is that we, that there is more flexibility, particularly when yes. it comes to work and the way in which we're working. So now is a great time that if, if, if this is something that you want to make a change in your life, then go and do it. Couldn't now. be a better time. It's unbelievable how much flex it, you're so right. But here's the thing, people are screwing it up, okay? Because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're saying, I don't care what my chronotype is. I'm just going to mm-hmm. stay up until two because they don't have a commute anymore, Yeah, yeah. right? Yes. They, they don't yeah. have to turn on their Zoom screen. You know, they yeah. can throw on a ball cap and, yeah. and that's that. And so, and so if there's one piece of advice I can give people is number one, figure out what your freaking chronotype is and follow yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. If that's the only thing that you do, just followed your chronotypical sleep schedule, I can almost assure you that your sleep will become markedly better. Yeah. Great. And so as we said before, we're going to link the, um, the book and the quiz in the show notes. So that's your first point yeah. of reference to work it out. Um, so let's go back and talk about chronotypes and lifetime. So it's interesting, right? And so what's fascinating about chronotypes is you as a human experience all the chronotypes throughout your lifetime. Right. So think about it. If, you have, if you're a baby, yeah. right? Zero to three, what are you? You're a lion. You're going mm-hmm. to bed really early and you're waking up really early, you know, yeah. whether mom or dad like it or not. Um, then when you get into the kind of the toddler through the middle school range, you know, you're kind of in the bear territory, right? You're mm. going to bed when the sun goes down, you're waking up when the sun comes up, you know, it's not too early, but it's not too late. Um, then you turn into a teenager, like we were just discussing my daughter, right? Yeah. You're a night owl at that point, right? You want to stay up super late. This is, and by the way, this is all shifting genetically, right? And so yeah. what's happening is, is your melatonin is actually changing when it happens based on your circadian rhythm. Now, what's interesting is, is these shifts seem to occur at different developmental points throughout the lifetime. And then it stabilizes right around age 20 or so. Mm. You kind of lock and load into one chronotype. And so for me, it was a night owl. Um, and um, and it, it's never take morning classes in college. Like it just wasn't gonna happen for Michael mm-hmm. type of thing. And and I mean, to be fair, like I was told I was lazy my whole life because I just couldn't get up early in the mornings and things like that. So different chronotypes have got different stigma, if you will, yeah. um, attached to them, you know? So for the lions out there, believe it or not, there's lion envy out there. Yeah, yeah. So people are like, oh, I wish I was a lion. I could get up at 4.30. Just to be clear, there's pros and cons to every single chronotype. Okay. <laughs> so let's just be very clear about that. Yeah. Lions get up really early. Lions can't help, but get up really early. Number yeah. one. And number two, lions aren't particularly social creatures. Okay. Mm. Dinner in a movie is out for line. They're not staying up until 10. They've been up since four 30 in the morning. They're not going to yeah. go out for dinner in a movie. You know, it's just not going to happen for them. So Again, pros and cons, different things, give and take, you know, that are fun or not so fun. For me as a wolf, um, we have the least healthy profile. We're Mm -hmm. the biggest risk takers. 
Um, we're also slightly introverted. I'm not as introverted as many no. of my wolfish <laughs> people are. Um, I, I overcame that for myself. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very interesting when you start to kind of think through them. And then you, you lock in for about 30 years or so until you hit about 50 or 55 and then your melatonin begins to shift again okay. most people go earlier so this is why you see your grandparents having dinner at 4 30 you know and that kind of stuff, <laughs> right it's because the melatonin is shifted early and you're like grandma what the hell is going on and she's like i'm hungry i don't want to go to bed soon you know and that's kind of how that whole thing works so you go throughout each one of these throughout your lifetime. And so being aware of it becomes really magical for understanding. Now, another interesting aspect is um, women's menstrual cycles yeah. also can have an effect on this. And to be fair, I'm not an expert in that area and almost no research has been done with it. But what I can tell you is, is that depending upon what your chronotype is and depending upon where you are in your menstrual cycle, I think you can make some interesting assumptions about how much sleep that you need, right? So as an example, if you're a night owl and it's the week before your period, you may need to go to bed earlier mm. because you may need more sleep during that period of time because some women are exhausted the week yeah. before their menstrual cycle. And then after the week after their menstrual cycle, you might want to go to bed an hour later because yeah. you've got so much more energy. So you can variate that bedtime within the chronotype is what I'm suggesting yeah. to, to make it just more, again, more personalized. The closer you get to what your true personalized chronotype is, the better off you're going to be. And now it's time for a quick break. Are you having trouble falling asleep? Calm your busy mind and drift off with the Goodnight Co. Deep Sleep Drops. Using a combination of naturally derived ingredients, our deep sleep drops have been scientifically formulated to help you naturally achieve a deep, restful sleep. Just eight drops under the tongue before bed can help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. We're offering you 20% off your next purchase of our deep sleep drops with the discount code PODCAST20. Try them today, available at the Goodnight Co., and so if you're somebody who is a is a particular chronotype so you've done the test yep. and you are this but you want to be something else <laughs> what can you right. do can you change that so you can but you have to change it every single day yeah so okay. you use melatonin and you use light um, yep. and you can shift somebody's chronotype right now, to be fair, though, it's not the healthiest thing in the universe to look, I'm never going to dunk a basketball. OK, I'm five foot nine. It just isn't going to happen. I don't have the, the it's it's never going to I'm some people are never going to be a lion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so be realistic. <laughs> just be realistic about it. You know, yeah. like, but I mean, can you shift it? Yeah. Well, you, you do shift it every time you get on an airplane and you fly to Australia, yeah. Yeah. right? You know, as you get jet lag. And so you can shift it, of course, but it'll shift back. So you'd have to every day use light and melatonin to push yourself in that direction. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So work with the chronotype that you've got and, and, and that will make help make life so much easier. Yeah. I mean, my daughter used to watch this cartoon. They'd say, you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> yes. We, we use that quote a lot in, in our household too. <laughs> so Michael, maybe also now just share with us one of the things that we talk about all the time with our audience is 
you've touched on this a lot is having a bedtime and having a wake time, which, you know, yours yep. is midnight and 6.13. Um, right. <laughs> how can people, you know, what else at, what else are you doing? So, so talk us through your kind of routine. Yeah, and absolutely. I know that you do a lot of intermittent fasting and, you know, yep. you're all across light and light exposure and, you know, how that affects our, our melatonin levels. So love to dive into that piece you want, as well. You want, to, you want a, a, a evening in the life of the sleep nerd. Perfect. Is what That's what I want. For, that is what right? I want. Okay. So, so look, here's what I do. And, it, and it'll depend. There are different things that will vary depending upon if I'm traveling, right? So when I travel, I have a very different routine because I really, you know, I'm speaking and I'm all over and I'm, you know, reversing my jet lag. So I'm doing very things very particularly at home. What's nice with COVID is I haven't had to travel a whole lot. And we were talking before the show. And so it's been, it's been kind of nice. And so I've really been able to get into a rhythm. And so right around, I don't know, 11, 11, 15 or so about, about an hour or so before I go to bed, I take that time. I chop it up into three 20 minute segments. Mm-hmm. So the first 20 minutes is just, shit I got to do. Right. So it's, you know, getting my daughter's backpack together, finding sports equipment, you know, parent stuff, um, you know, thinking about what I'm doing on my day tomorrow, that kind of thing. Then 20 minutes for hygiene. Um, and so, you know, that's actually a great time to take your evening shower. Um, especially as the months are starting to go towards spring where there's a lot of allergens and particulates that you can bring into the bedroom. Um, I'm recommending to people for, you know, avoiding nasal congestion, take your shower in the evening time. Um, That way you can get all of the pollen and the, you know, animal hair dust and stuff off of you before bed is probably a good idea. Um, And then uh, 20 minutes for some type of uh, meditation, relaxation, prayer, um, whatever gets you there. You know, I tell people all the time, you need runway to land the plane, right? True. Right. And that's just, it's the best analogy I can think of. It's Mm -hmm. like sleep is not an on off switch, right? You know, it's kind of like slowly pulling your foot off the gas, slowly putting your foot on the brake. There's this process that needs to occur. I mean, I was, I'll never forget. I was on the Oprah Winfrey show back in 2004, right? So much fun, so much fun. And um, she turned to me and she said, Stedman falls asleep in a minute and 37 seconds. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And she was like, what? Right. I was like, he's sleep deprived. And she was like, oh, he's going to hear about this, you know, and she was, she was really into it. But, you know, people don't realize that there's, you know, we've got to really, you have to really kind of think through that whole idea of how does sleep work? Um, and, and how can you make it work for you um, mm. the best? And so when you, the, you take that final 20 minutes, right? You, you do what makes you the most relaxed. Um, mm. There's actually data, believe it or not, I know this is gonna sound a little kooky, but there's data to show that optimism before bed uh, not only helps you fall asleep more quickly, but gives you more positive dreams, right? Yeah. So I'm all about gratitude lists, yeah. right? I know it sounds kind of woo woo, no, but um, no. I'm, let me tell you something. There's data there, yeah. okay? Um, of and, course, it makes sense. You know, and right before bed, being grateful for, especially right now, you know, I mean, we, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, it's such a stressful time and such mm. a uniquely stressful time mm. um, that people have had. It affects your sleep. And so I've got patients now where I recommend things like, look, go pull out an old photo album mm. and look through all the great photos that you've got you know, and spend some time with your partner if you've got a partner or do it over connection on Zoom with some friends or some family or whatever it is. But, you know, spend some positive time before bed. Don't watch the news, okay? 
don't watch media. You don't need that crap in your head before bed. Okay. Or scrolling. You know, you, you want to cut out all of that overstimulated information Absolutely. that is not required. Well, and so here's the thing, look, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, chill out before bed, but I, you know, I will be honest. My wife falls asleep with the television on every single night. Wow. Every single night. Okay. So I'm the sleep doctor, right? Like, yeah. holy crap. Like, okay. <laughs> what's, what's going on here? So let me tell you how it works. Okay. So when we were dating, I said, she said, Michael, if you ever happen to sleep over, right. I need to let you know, I fall asleep with the television on. I was like, don't worry about that, hon. I'm going to, I'm going to be a sleep doctor. I'm going to fix that. So this is when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And before yeah. we got married, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to fix something in your partner, it doesn't work too well. So I took the television out of the bedroom. She kicked me out of the bedroom. <laughs> I put it back in the bedroom and I got back into the bedroom. <laughs> so that part didn't work out so well, but I did, I did study her. And what I discovered was that she's not actually watching. She's listening, uh, right? Okay. She's listening to it out of the corner of her ear. And she's like, look, Michael, my mind is just going, going, going. And it's a great yeah. distraction. Yeah. for me. And so when people use television, you know, don't watch Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. watch an old episode of Seinfeld and mm. turn on the damn TV timer, right? 99% of them have got a timer built into the software anyway. Who cares, right? I don't care if you fall asleep with the television on. It'd be great if it isn't on all night long. Yeah. Um, that would probably be helpful for you. But if that's what gets you there, go for it. Yeah. Um, you know, what I tell people is if you can consider blue light blocking glasses, yeah. Um, for when you're watching TV or more specifically, if you're reading where there's a lot of bright light around you, a lot of people will watch television. They can turn the brightness down on the television. It's not that bad, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, you know, consider blue light blocking glasses for the last 90 minutes while you're awake, which yeah. can be helpful. Also for some of the women listeners, I, I, I discovered this hack. It's kind of funny. So, you know, in that hygiene time I was talking about for the mm -hmm. power down hour, a lot of women don't wear who wear makeup yeah. don't remove their makeup until the very end of the day. Yes. And they do it in front of a bank of lights. Yes. And it's like looking into the freaking sun yes. and it stops melatonin production. Yeah. So if you, if you wear makeup, ladies, take it off at six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's what I like to do. I like to come home. And once I'm coming the door, see, I do yeah, mine a little that. bit differently. I, I like to have a shower when I come home because it sort of separates my mm. day. So mm. it separates my day, take all my makeup off so that then you don't have any more light you can have as limited light exposure as possible. You've got clean, fresh skin and you're done. Yes. Yeah. See, and see, that makes sense. That would be good sleep hygiene doing it that way because you avoid this light in the middle of the night. Yeah. So anyway, back to the routine. So then yes. I'll fall asleep usually fairly quickly, um, usually in about 10, 15 minutes. And then my morning routine is it doesn't seem to matter what I do. I open my eyes. I swear to God, it says 613 every single day, wow. except for today. It was four something today because oh, no. um, my tooth was hurting. Um, so uh, yeah. other than that, you know, I, oh, and then my morning, I have a morning routine as well. Yes. Um, and so I have a morning routine. It's called the rule of uh, I, it's the three fifteens. So okay. I take 15 deep breaths. Yeah. Um, and that's just to center myself and um, really understand like I'm awake right? I'm centered. I'm, I'm ready. I'm present, present. for my morning, yeah. right? That's very important to kind of have that true North for me every morning. I think people will do well by, by abiding by that. Mm -hmm. um, then the next thing is 15 ounces of uh, filtered water, almost immediately room temperature. If you've got it, it should be in a recyclable, whatever. Yeah. Um, so 15 ounces because uh, you're dehydrated, 
people yeah. lose almost a full liter of water every night. Um, and if they're a mouth breather, even more. Yeah. Right. So they really have to make sure that they hydrate, not caffeinate. Um, and then 15 minutes in the sun uh, yeah. in the morning. Um, and so go outside, you know, um, I'm not saying stare at the sun, but put, you know, if you can take your shoes off and put your bare feet on the earth too, by yeah. the way, yeah. I can't tell you exactly why that feels so damn good, but it does. Um, at least it does for me. So I, every chance I, I live in Southern California, so I get the opportunity to you do can. that quite often. Yeah. Um, and that's my morning. And, you know, when you bookend your night with a good routine and a good morning routine, your sleep really consolidates and you kind of, it kind of makes the whole thing happen. Mm. Um, and then you just get more efficient at it, more efficient at it. Right. But as you long know as what, everything and what I love about it is that it's not what you're talking about. A, it's simple. It's not expensive. These are just things that you can do. And, um, and as you said, it's this routine. This is why you need a routine. You consistently do it time and time again so that you get better at it and your body responds. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like anything else, right? Lauren. So like, think about it like this. It's like athletics, right? If you're going to be a runner and you want to be good at it, yeah. you got to stretch and you got to train. Okay. Practice. And, <laughs> and you got to cool down. Yeah. Right. Like all of the same, we're talking about all of the same stuff here. Right. Yeah. So you got to stretch out your body. So what that's the power down hour, right? You got to train, you got to do this consistently over time. And then when you're done with it, you have to have a morning cool down, right? Just like you would cool down after a run. Right. I mean, you know, you stretch before that's your beginning routine. Like this isn't rocket science guys. Like This is how we do it. Totally. And then one last thing I'd love to cover off before um, before we have to go is light. So I have this very big um, fixation around light and I'm always talking to people about light exposure. So I'd love for you just to share, you know, I've talked a lot about it on the, on the podcast, but love to, for you to share your opinions about why light is is I guess the devil in this sense for us when it comes to sleep and what are some things that we could be looking at? Apart from blue blocking glasses. Yeah. So here's the thing that people don't understand. Light is medicine. Very simple. That's it. Okay. And so unless, until you understand the powerful nature of light, you are fooling yourself and you're being affected by something and potentially in a very negative way. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not joking around when I say light is medicine. Think about Mm -hmm. it from a laser perspective, right? We use lasers in surgery all the time, right? We, and we have uh, lasers that help us electromagnetically all the time. So there's plenty of data to show that light is medicine. Okay, Michael, we get it. So then what does that really mean? So um, uh, in the, I think it was in the eighties, it was discovered that we have a very particular type of cell in our eye called a melanopsin cell. Mm -hmm. This cell uh, actually is very, very interesting. So light, when it hits this cell, it triggers a reaction in this cell, which sends a signal to our brain, our pineal gland in particular, Mm -hmm. turn off the melatonin faucet in our head. Mm. So this very particular wavelength of light is blue light. People have probably heard of blue light before. Mm. Believe it or not, it's actually called cyan. It's technically oh, yeah. it's called cyan and it's from 460 to 480 or so nanometers. So it's a, it's a fairly thin wavelength, but it's usually present in most of all general light. That's part of the problem. 
um, mm -hmm. because people have got light bulbs on all the time when they're walking into rooms at 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And so that's giving a signal to our brain to not produce melatonin. Mm -hmm. Guys, melatonin has to be, it's kind of that key that starts the engine for sleep. You need it to be in the prevent the prevent of sleep. So melatonin has got to start to kick into gear about an hour before you want to go to bed. So you sitting in front of, you know, a laptop like this, you know, where it's blasting you with, you know, all the electrons, it's really no bueno because your brain can't be in to produce that melatonin. And again, that's the initial starting process in the sleep process. Otherwise, you got this very irregular process. It's just not going to go particularly well. Um, so the question then becomes, all right, Michael, great. What, what do we do about it? So blue light blocking glasses is one thing that you can do about it. It's not the only thing that you can do about it, however. Um, number one, they now make light bulbs that have got filters yeah. inside the bulbs. So, you know, change your light bulbs, right? I mean, yeah. it's not that hard to do. You can buy very spe these special, put them in your bedside table lamp, things like that. Um, also install some dimmer switches, yeah. right? Just dim the lights. Like it, it doesn't, it's not exactly the same, but yeah. it's certainly helpful <laughs> yeah. to have less brightness that's going on. Um, and, and um, you know, by the way, there's nothing wrong with dining by candlelight, uh, yeah. you know, and it's romantic uh, and it's nice, you know, things like that. So I think there's a lot of different ways that you can incorporate appropriate light exposure into your life. Now, light isn't always bad. It just happens to be not so great at night. Yeah. In the morning times, it's very advantageous, which is one of the reasons why I say, go out and get some sunlight, right? Because yeah. that's the ultimate healthy light, uh, which is the light from the sun. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that light plays an important, important role. Um, it's certainly one of the most disruptive things to a sleep cycle. So if you yeah. do have to sleep in a, in a lit environment, um, Wear a good mask. luck. Right. We'll wear wear an eye mask. mask. Yeah. yeah. Wear an eye mask. Get a good one. Don't get as flimsy, you know, silky yeah. piece of crap. Like get something that's real that kind of locks in there um, and, and really helps you out. Um, and then you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be okay. Um, but light is definitely something that has a massive effect on sleep. Yeah, I agree. And and one of the things just on that is that, you know, something that I talk about a lot is for people is if you, if you, think that you can't go and get dimmable switches or you can't do those things, just start turning off the lights as, you know, after you've had dinner, start reducing all of that expo light exposure so that you, you know, you, it's amazing how much you can improve your eyesight as you keep doing that in a darker oh, yeah. environment as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, and so I'll tell you a great study that uh, you reminded me of. So there was a study where they took 20 insomniacs, like full on insomniacs. They took them camping for three weeks no artificial light whatsoever. By the end of the three weeks, guess what? None of them had insomnia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So second tip, go and do some camping. <laughs> um, so Michael, thank you so much for all of your time today. It's just been an amazing introduction for our listeners who may not have ever heard of chronotypes or have been curious about chronotypes. And I think that it's, you know, so wonderful that you've been able to provide so much research in your book, The Power of When. Um, you have the quiz that's available. And there is, if, if you really want to dive deep into this, get the book because it explains everything oh, yeah. in so much detail. And that might just be that aha moment for, for you to go, oh, this is who I am. And this is, I'm, I'm fighting it and I don't need to fight it. Right. Um, and just make some of those changes. Well, absolutely. And you know what? I'm so surprised you didn't ask me the one question that everybody asks me when oh. they ask me about chronotypes. What does that? What's the best time to have sex? Oh, what is the best time to have sex? 
See, there we go. So what's so <laughs> interesting, so we did the survey. So it's based on your chronotype. It's very interesting, right? So as an example, my wife and I, so people always ask, like, is it good to date somebody that's also your uh, chronotype? Yeah. So before I even really thought about chronotypes, you know, when I met my wife, I'd be like, hey, what time do you want me to pick you up? And she'd be like, oh, eight o'clock. So we get to dinner at 8.30. You know, we'd finish dinner by 9.30, 10 o'clock, maybe go to a 10.30 movie, get out at midnight, go for a drink, be home at two, right? Neither one of us ever thought it, we were, were both night owls. Right. But we didn't know it at the time, but it was perfect because yeah. we both slept in, we both stayed up late. It yeah. was, you know, it was just fine, right? And so intimacy was never an issue. But so people are always wondering like, okay, well, if you have the same chronotype, it's probably easy. If you have different chronotypes, that's gotta be more difficult. Yeah. So let's get to the, if, if you have the same chronotype and I can explain that one actually quite easily. So when you look at, at the, in, the act of intimacy and having sex, what do you need? You need five hormones to be elevated. You need estrogen, testosterone, yeah. and progesterone to be high, along with cortisol and adrenaline, right? Yeah. All need to be high. Melatonin, the sleep hormone, you need it to be low, mm. okay? If you do the survey, 74% of people have sex between 10.30 and 11.30 at night. What do you think their hormone profile looks like? Where do you think melatonin is at 11 o'clock at night? It's high. High, exactly. And where do you think all those other things are at 11 o'clock at night? Low. Low, right? So exact opposite. So that gives you hint number one of when is the best time to have sex. Next question, what do most men wake up with in the morning? An erection. An erection. If that is not mother nature telling you when to use that thing, I do not know what is, right? <laughs> so generally speaking, morning intimacy turns out to make much more sense from a connection standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, from a performance standpoint. The environmental. All Exactly. All things work better in the morning after yeah. a good night of sleep, right? Yeah. And so if you have the same chronic, number one, sex in the morning is a lot more fun anyway. So give it a go. If you haven't tried it, tell your partner you heard a great podcast and this is the prescription <laughs> and have some fun. Who knows? You might have a good time, right? That's number one. Number two is if your chronotypes are different, go buy the book. Uh, I bought, I created a huge matrix and you can put your chronotype yeah. on one and theirs on the other. And I tell you two different times, early evening and early morning. Also, I created two other matrices, one for um, uh, lesbian couples, and one for gay couples, because the hormones are different. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so it's so awesome. they, yeah, it's fantastic. And 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 this is it. You know, you might be, this is why you need to get your chronotype. You need to look <laughs> exactly. into all of these details because this might be a really big issue for you that can be so easily solved. Yeah. You, you could think that you're not having good sex with your partner and it's just because you're having sex at the wrong time. Yeah. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. I'm sorry. I've, yeah. I'm embarrassed that I'm, I'm somebody who didn't ask the question that normally gets asked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much, Michael. It was so lovely to have you here. I know that we're on different time zones, so I really appreciate and how busy you are these days. Um, if there were three tips that you could leave people with, what are they? What are your top three tips when it comes to sleep? So wake up at the same time every day based on your chronotype. Stop caffeine by 2 p.m. and stop alcohol three hours before bed. Perfect. Simple. <laughs> I can tell you why you stop, you stop caffeine at 2 PM because caffeine has a half-life of between six and eight hours. Yeah. So most people go to bed around 10. And so that gets at least half of it out of your system. Personally, people don't know this, but the quarter life of caffeine is 12 hours. Really? So a quarter of it is still in your system 12 hours later. So if you drink a cup of coffee at 11 o'clock in the morning, a quarter of it is still in your system at 11 o'clock. So you're night. just topping up as well. Exactly. 
That's yeah. exactly what's happening. So stopping at two at the very least is going to be helpful. Um, and then alcohol, look, alcohol might make you feel sleepy, but it crushes your stage three, four sleep. That's where the growth hormone is. And that's where your immune function comes from, guys. We need immune function right now. So mm. don't drink yourself to sleep. All you're going to do is screw up your immunity. It's stupid. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Well, thank you. And it was so great to see you. And um, I hope that we connect again soon. We will indeed. Take care. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Thank you for listening to The Good Night Show. If you're keen to learn more about our guests or any of the topics we've spoken about today, hop on over to the Good Night Co. closed Facebook community group or check us out at thegoodnightco.com.au. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider by searching The Goodnight Show. And if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks, everyone.